The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! still on summer break that's right still on summer break but we couldn't leave you all without some interesting content to fill the old void anyway so far on our best of episodes we've explored our best of album reviews we've taken a look back at some of the interviews we've conducted over the past year in season three of the show and Boy, we've got an interesting one for you today. It's something James prepared before he went to go be a father. And uh, I assume he is still doing that at this moment. This week we bring you the best of taxidermy. Now, people who are fans of Jack White know that he's got a fascination with the ancient art of taxidermy. The ancient art of stuffing and mounting animals after they're deceased. And while some of us remember that from the documentary The Planet of the Apes, others see it as a very interesting art form. Now, this week we've compiled a selection of all the different times we've mentioned taxidermy over the course of the show, and we think we got them all, but who can say for sure? Anyway, next episode we'll be back with an interesting one. Uh, We're putting that together now, and we're putting together some stuff for Season 4, and let me tell you, this is going to be a pretty crazy season. We have already done some things in preparation for Season 4 that we have never done for the podcast up to this point, and we cannot wait for everybody to check those out. I will say this as a tease, perhaps. You are going to hear some interesting announcements. You are going to hear from people you haven't heard from before on this show. 
and we just might be part of a press tour or two. It's exciting stuff, and we really appreciate you sticking with us through these best of episodes this summer, and we're looking forward to joining you once again this fall in season four of the Third Men podcast. So sit back, relax, and have yourself a shark fight. Come here, you little cover. <laughs> I think this one's a hammerhead. Another great pick for you for TV appearance of Jack White, American Pickers. Oh, yeah, Jack White. Jack White appeared on American Pickers season four, episode seven, "The Elephant in the Room." Get it? It aired on January 9th, twenty twelve. So basically, if you don't know the program, it's two guys, Frank and Mike, who are going around the U.S. Looking for rusty gold. Picking items to sell at their antique store from derelict garages and old attics. Looking for rusty gold. It's a it's an entertaining show. It's got a formula. It's fine. It's on the History Channel. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dad loves that show. Yeah, Dad's a big fan of it. Looking for rusty gold. So in this episode, uh, Frank and Mike find a taxidermy elephant's head in a guy's house and buy it for $9,500. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's unpack that for a moment, okay? Okay, Uh, okay. uh, A a man, somebody's killed an elephant. Yes. Took a machete to its head. Correct. Removed the head. Correct. You know that took maybe 54 machete hacks. Oh, you know it. At a minimum. At a bear. They dragged the elephant head into a a garage and then stuffed it and then sold it to a man in the American South. Correct. That is the timeline we're looking at here. This man had all the great paperwork. A certain man. (laughs) And Sorry, just by his actions has the poaching magnets on the run. He had all the correct paperwork. He you know, <laughs> What this, correct paperwork? This what? this elephant this elephant was brought in under all of the most legal circumstances, as well as its ears and tusks being reproductions. They weren't real. Okay. So, all right. 
All right, fine. So the, it was not real ivory, and there was no real elephant ears. So it was a very, it was a perfectly legal elephant head to own. Yeah, the fact that it's legal for someone to own an elephant head makes me a little sad, but go on. After they purchase this elephant head, another character there is Danielle, who works for Antique Archaeology, the, the picker's store, rings him up and tells him that there's an interested buyer for this elephant head in Nashville. She goes on to say that this the name of this gentleman is Jack White. <laughs> and then the two pickers go on to say who and what Jack is to an unprepared television audience of <laughs> mostly old people. <laughs> Which brings us to our rag and bone of the week. Rag and bone. Rag and bone. As Mike is oh, wait, telling... Wait, 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 wait. Yep. Ra- Rag and Bone is the segment of the show, for those of you who don't know, in which we talk about the strange and unusual we find during Ooh. we find during our research of Jack White. And it's stuff that we have no choice but to put in a segment we call Rag and Bone. That's true. As they're explaining who Jack White is, Mike is explaining... Jack White is a modern-day rock legend, which is true. I would agree to that. I'm sure he's trying to get the point across that Jack is a big guy to people who do not know. He also says, I'm a huge White Stripes fan. Ever since I heard the song, Rag and Bone. That was my band. Oh my god, God. we're having a fire sale. Oh, the burning! Oh, mate, this isn't a fever scene, Greg! Can't even see where the knob is! I I get it, I totally get it. Rag and Bone is about, like, collecting (laughs) odds and ends, and that's what this show is about. But holy crap, is it such a weird song for him to go that's my song i mean clearly that's my jam yeah clearly he's a fan i mean if he knew rag and bone that's nuts well yeah i was expecting it to be like kind of staged like given to him and it, you know what it may have been because it's so clearly like about what he's doing but true, at the true. same time it's like you know what you're mentioning this weird bizarre song <laughs> that that most magazines when the album came out wrote off as this piece of crap garbage song oh <laughs> uh, we loved i love that song I, yes uh, and yeah. it's uh, for those of you who don't know off of vicky thump it, it is one of the gems of vicky thump it, it really is it's something else and it's something special that me and paul both really love if not only for the banter jack and meg have in it Yes, uh, totally. I I played this with the Third Men house band. (laughs) It's really fun to play with a group of people. So, James, you win the award for most tailored rag and bone segment (laughs) ever. Oh, well, you won't see me in rags and bones. It's just things that you don't want. I can use them. Meg can use them. All right, so what the hell happened with this (laughs) elephant head? Did he buy this thing or what? (laughs) Um, What's going on with this thing? So they go all the way out to the Third Man Records store in Nashville, Tennessee. They catch up with Jack in the middle of a photo shoot. <laughs> and when they arrive, he's he's shooting Miss Tempest Storm, who he claims is the oldest burlesque dancer in the world. <laughs> She's wearing a, a, a skimpy dress and a big boa and has this huge red i'm assuming it's a wig on and and the guys are ogling at her and and all this other stuff it's it's an interesting scene remember this name though tempest storm jack i love you but you're strange (laughs) you're a strange guy you're weird guy ace weird guy so (laughs) 
So they, they unpack this crate, they shipped in the elephant head, and they take a big, for a dramatic reveal, they take crowbars, they pry it open, and compared to the enthusiasm of Frank and Mike, Jack seems downright bored. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. They're just like, ah, let me see it. Jack's just like, wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was bored. I think it just comes off that way, but it was very funny to me. Wow. Uh, but the first thing he says is, that's the weirdest looking giraffe I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought nothing was going to top his Kermit quote, but that, I think, <laughs> tops it. We'll get into that in, an, in another show. Sorry, sorry. So the sh- Jack goes on to talk about his love of taxidermy. He calls it uh, a majestic art. He's definitely uh, been a huge taxidermy collector for a long time. In in other interviews, he says, uh, I have a huge taxidermy collection at home. I've got a zebra head, two gazelles, an eland, a kudu, a giant white elk. I'm assuming he also has a buzzard yeah. named Cupcake. Yeah, there you go. And, and a peacock, and probably. And he's gotta have a three-toed sloth man he's just gotta his favorite animal and karen elson on on this particular collection has been quoted when when they were together he loves a good stuffed animal my husband (laughs) it's to the point where i say please don't come off tour with another creature oh poor karen so to me the scene seemed entirely staged because they had to spend about what they quote as nine hundred dollars and some change just to ship the elephant head there so they knew they were gonna sell it i feel like if they're gonna spend that much money on it it may not have been but that's neither here nor there so jack gets an offer from them for about twelve thousand dollars jack says he wants to do a trade and they say sure so he he decides to show him a photo booth that was used in the dead weather music video hanging from the heavens oh nice yeah, so he's willing to trade this photo booth, which apparently was a Woolworths photo booth from Detroit. I am not, by the way, shocked by that at all, but go on. Yeah, yeah. me neither. They talk about the Dead Weather video for a little bit, and then they play a weird instrumental remix of Icky Thump. It's like, I think it's what? like the Pickers house band playing it. It's kind of bizarre. But that sounds great. idea was we were going to make 150 hand-painted 45s and we would put a, a photo booth strip in each one that was completely unique so it's some interesting insight that he gives on this show to, yeah. for that video that i never got before huh. he also offers up uh, his own personal jukebox that he's owned since you know he lived in detroit which is pretty cool i'm sure he owns like a thousand jukeboxes yeah. but yeah. uh this was one from from his past. So the the pickers reluctantly take the both the things after a little bit of haggling. They take the jukebox and they take the photo booth. And Jack pays six thousand dollars for the elephant. <laughs> it's an interesting haggling session. A lot of jokes back and forth. As they're moving the photo booth and moving the jukebox into their van, you could see Frank carrying a yellow forty five Third Man Records box into Ooh. the van. But they never mention it. So I guess Frank just took it or they just offered it. Uh, remember how I said, remember Tempest Storm's name? Yes, the oldest burlesque dancer in the world. Yes, go on. Correct, <laughs> correct, correct. In reference to Danielle Colby, who was the the picker crew who, who called them, apparently she was a former burlesque dancer, such that she also produced a documentary focusing on Tempest Storm. Oh, Wow. A legendary burlesque dancer. There there seems to be a connection. It's not mentioned in the show at all <laughs> uh, that there's a connection there, but Danielle did a did a documentary on her. And it fits right right up Jack's 
interests. I don't um, think anything has fit his interests more in this world than <laughs> than the oldest living pho- burlesque dancer. Photographing the oldest living burlesque dancer and purchasing an elephant's head for six thousand dollars <laughs> and a jukebox. Some some other things I found interesting. The elephant that they that Jack bought is now sitting in the Nashville storefront. It sits hanging on the wall to the right of the bar, just in front of the elevated control room. So if you go into the blue room, you'll you'll be able to see it. Nice, nice. From we're, we're uh, planning a pilgrimage there in 2017. So yeah, stay tuned. we'll get. We'll get there. Rolling Stone reviewed this episode in an interesting way. They said, White is a musical version of these guys, obsessively lifting retro junk, Delta (laughs) Blues, airline guitars, the insane clown posse, and spiffing it up. Oh, man, this must have been right after he did that ICP single. Mm -hmm. It was all over the tabloids. And, And something interesting that came from this, Mike from the show must have gotten something from this because they opened up an antique archaeology storefront and museum in Nashville, oh. where the photo booth is displayed now. Really? As well as Mike now lives in the suburbs of Nashville what? with his family. So much like Jack, he's he's living there with his 50 motorcycles in his <laughs> in giant mansion. Wow, everybody's living in Nashville. Yeah. So, it's a place to so be. It was, it was a cool cameo episode. Well, sweet pick, James. Sweet pick. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> curious about this rapport in general because Jack does tell a story about how Machine Gun Silhouette came to be. Uh, this next song I want to play for you. I haven't played too many times since I wrote it. And the reason I wrote it was as an artist in Texas uh, that I've been working with for a long time. His name is Rob Jones and he's done a lot of uh, artwork over the years uh, for me. And I, I asked him, can you uh, uh, think of something with this idea? Some uh, dead crows or if I say there's a field of uh, a grass that's six feet tall and uh, I want, you know, a philosopher to walk through it and, and uh, f- come across a, 
a chicken coop inside in there. What's he going to discover inside when there's another carnival even bigger than his own brain? Can you come up with that? And he reads my mind. He does it before I even know it. So one time he wrote me a letter and... Um, a long, a long enough time had passed that um, I hadn't really uh, given a tribute to him um, uh, except for to say thank you whenever I could. So the biggest way I could say thank you was to write a song for him. And I knew that his um, uh, his favorite, I think his favorite album is uh, the band The Damned. Their second album called Machine Gun Etiquette. So uh, I wrote the song called Machine Gun Silhouette for him as a thank you. And these are, all the lyrics of this song are all sentences from uh, the letter that he wrote to me. <laughs> From what it sounds like, that seemed like a uh, an email that you had sent to him. But from what it sounds like from you, it seems like that is not a daily occurrence or something. It's not like your pen pals. So what actually led to Machine Gun Silhouette's inception? What led to that email? What's your side of the story? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's pretty much what's in the email. There is this uh, taxidermy auction that happens in Dallas twice a year. Uh, near where I live in Austin, Texas. Taxidermy. And uh, okay. I uh, saw this luchestic uh, peacock. Uh, it just means it's not quite an albino. Mm. Like, you know you see a white horse that's got black eyes and a black muzzle, but the rest of its body is completely white? That would be luchestic as versus pure albino, which is no pigment at all. Huh. And uh, I was like, oh, hey. Uh, I Actually, no, I take it back. I knew I knew he was probably looking for a white peacock from uh, one of his managers. And I thought that would be something he'd be interested in. So I sent him a link to it. And then we uh, talked back and forth about that. And then he answered one of my questions. I can't remember what the question was in the email. I asked him something. Mm-hmm. And his reply was, hey, I had a short song from that last email. Check it out. And he sent me like a small snippet. <laughs> He still didn't answer the question. That's awesome. He still didn't answer the question. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's okay. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, do, uh, sh- do you want me to uh, give you the contact info for this guy or what? <laughs> I wore a shirt one day with a machine gun silhouette sporting a rainbow clip. I had this gun guy staring at me, wondering where I got it, and he just about flipped over it. Machine Gun Silhouette with Rainbow Clip shirt. Yeah, you can get it. Uh, it's uh, Dan Styles uh, made it. Dan Styles, there we have it. Yeah, he's a gig poster artist. Uh, a bad thing happened. Uh, he got a huge uptick in orders on that shirt because I posted a link about it, and I was like, yes, this is the guy right here. That's the fella made the shirt. <laughs> and some other folks started just making ripoff shirts of the same idea, and he actually <sighs> trademarked and like sued these people. And won, but it cost him all the money he had made from the uptick in sales on the uh, Michigan Silhouette shirt. So it was a it was a bit, uh-huh. it was a bit of a pyrrhic victory. But uh, yeah, 
I think it's still still available from his site. Also, he has stickers as well. Going there now. <laughs> wow. And other stuff besides uh, besides machine guns with uh, rainbow uh, rainbow clips. Lots of great stuff on danstyles.com. Yeah, oh, man. Ugh. That encapsulates everything that's sort of like frustrating about the art world right there. And that one thing, you're trying to do something nice and then other people want to come by and rip it off. But that song is really awesome. And I think that was one of the more interesting stories that he told under that Live in Alaska show. And it just, it built up the myth around you, you know, because that... Around me? The the uh, the lyrics to that are so poetic in a way. Yeah, a little bit, you know. I, yeah, they're poetic. They're poetic as Jack wrote them. You know, that, that's, not every, that's not an everyday email, you know. <laughs> No, uh, that's just me talking weird. <laughs> no, it's it's a good story though. That, I thought that built, it, it, no, but yeah, but it builds up the myth of uh, Jack. I'd say because he he took this lousy email and made a song about it. I mean, it's, not everybody can do. I mean, you've heard like that. Uh, oh, what's that song? Brian Wilson uh, song about it's like directions to how to get to his house. <laughs> no. Okay, it doesn't work. Is it a Beach Boys song or is it a Brian Wilson song? Uh, I believe it's a Beach Boys song, but I can't remember. My buddy played it for me one time. He's like, listen to this terrible thing. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> it's akin to that Johnny Carson show um, song he has. Ugh. Oh, it's Awful. Busy Doing Nothing. Is that the name of it? I think so. Take all the time you need. It's a lovely night. If you decide to come, you're going to do it right. Drive for a couple miles. See a sign and turn left for a couple blocks Next is mine, you'll turn left on a little road It's a bumpy one, you'll see a white fence Move the gate and drive through on the left side Come right in and you'll find me in my house somewhere Keeping busy while I wait Yeah, he gives directions to his Bel Air house. The, the point is, I would say I would I'd be willing to bet Jack could turn out could could crank out a decent tune about directions to a Safeway <laughs> or a Piggly Wiggly, whatever you got in your neck of the woods. <laughs> so yeah, that's no, he's a he's a talented motherfucker. Now we for a split second, did it cross your mind? Maybe he owes me for this. <laughs> this my, what do you mean? My intellectual property. I know I I own. I, yeah, he gave me, dude. Yeah, he was quite generous. He gave me like a freaking half the uh, lyric writing credit. Oh shit! All right, I get like Whoa. I get royalty checks off that. <laughs> so play it on Spotify every moment you can. Hell yeah! I'll, I'll. You might help Bobby J wow. buy a pack of cigarettes. Uh, That's public record. It's on the back of the uh, record. It says uh, I. It was weird. I got uh, contacted by his manager saying, uh, "Hey, Jack." Uh, is giving you uh, half the the uh, lyrics uh, credit, and I was like, "Wow, really? Okay, I'll take that." Awesome. <laughs> and she's like, uh, "You need you need to pick out a publishing name." I was like, "Really? Oh, let me <laughs> let me give this some thought because last time I tried this, I wound up with AnimalRummy.com. <laughs> terrible name." <laughs> So uh, I, good Lord, I spent like two days and my big problem is, is I just got, I got a bad bug of just like, let me show you uh, how clever I am with uh, a reference that nobody gets. And, uh, oh, it was bad. And even when I landed on, it's still just terrible. I went through this whole like list with my wife. Uh, she checked everything off except for maybe six or seven things. I tried that out with uh, Tiff, uh, who was Jack's manager at the time. 
and I'm still very good friends with her. And I was like, Tiff, what do you this? What do you think about that? She's like, I, they're they're all bad, man. I don't know. So finally, I just gave up and I called it. Uh, <laughs> Just to show you how bad those were, this is what I this is what we all agreed on. I landed on Incatatus music. Incatatus is the name of uh, Caligula's favorite horse that uh, he uh, made was uh, going to make into a senator. Well, that's a deep cut. <laughs> Not if you're a Caligula fan. That's like yeah. a that's, that's name number one, dude. I'm more of a Incatatus uh, wrote. Uh, I, I was more of a Caesar fan personally, but Caligula's <laughs> Caesar's got crap stories. Uh, that's Caligula. That's where it's at. Uh, but no, uh, Incatatus raced for the uh, Leek Green uh, faction uh, in the uh, in the circus. Do you ever find yourself like writing particularly kooky emails after that? In the in the off chance Jack would pick another one of those. That's very interesting. You say that. Uh, I tried. My emails were pretty ordered after that because I was I was very. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, I'm always very, very leery of, of giving off the wrong appearance. So I was like, I don't want him thinking. I'm like trying to like, you know, do some singing telegram numbers around him every sure. time I like write an email. <laughs> so yeah, I tried to uh, remove a lot of my uh, usual uh, idiom away. Wow. For a you, while. You downplayed the wit. Did I engage in goofy metaphors? I just didn't engage in metaphors as much. I mean, if you make enough Caligula references, I guarantee you he will make a song about it. He's that kind of guy. I don't know how to preface that because it is it definitely is a above and beyond gesture for someone you you don't know and who is a, a celebrity but okay I, I guess it started with going to JC Penny and taking our Christmas photo yeah. <laughs> complete with like the ugly sweaters yeah 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 it was a lovely photo love the life 
That experience yeah. alone was great because you've got all these families that are miserable waiting for their picture to be taken and employees that look miserable too. Uh, I don't think JC is going to carry our record, but um, as soon as we showed up, they're like, you're the band, you're the band. So excited. And most of our members were excited. Yeah. Most, yeah. most that, of them. At that moment, yeah. up, up to that point, they were terrified. And even when we were buying the sweaters from the floor below before we returned them after the photograph. So we got the Christmas photo and uh, uh-huh. it, it was a success. And we thought about some sort of holiday thank you gesture to Jack White. And, and of course, how would we get it to him? Yeah. And what happened was when we were um, giving our single to a Kalamazoo store, a store employee had a bunch of Jack White stories, including Jack White coming to a bar in the area and Jack White purchasing a home in the area. And he basically told us where to find the home, which this is where it starts to sound a little creepy. (laughs) But uh, so, okay, we had a way to send something to one of his maybe vacation properties or local properties. And right. so then we're like, all right, well, if we're really going to do this, we should probably pick something that he appreciates. Did a little research and discovered that he is a collector of taxidermy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. And the proud owner of a luchestic peacock, courtesy of Rob Jones. <laughs> so, Which is a fact ingrained in my brain. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So at that moment, we realized if we were going to give a gift to Jack White, it was going to be a dead animal. And <laughs> As one does. Yeah. yeah. That's, and uh, that's the creepiness didn't stop there. But um, it's, our it's a little like a, cat, has, like a cat in the backyard, you know, like killing yeah. a mouse and bringing it in for the family. You know? I love this. I swear. <laughs> and he's just crazy enough to think of these ideas. And I'm just right, crazy right. enough to let him see it through. Yeah, you're yeah, the enabler yeah, in the situation. Right. I get it. I, I physically went to the store and sent it. Yeah. You had the little bursts of sunshine to the insanity. So the other thing we found out, I don't know if we knew he liked bats or bats just was the most available tax. <laughs> it's from... what we could afford. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so small enough. We wanted to buy a Wolverine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So we purchased a taxidermied bat from a local market where, and a local seller he had actually purchased from before. That's what they said. Yeah. But here in Detroit, everybody's got like a, oh yeah, Jack White's been in here, Jack White, whatever. Was it a local bat you said? It was it a local bat? Yeah. <laughs> Locally sourced bats. Okay. The bat was on tour. All organic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cutting to the chase. Bought a taxidermy bat and sent it to Jack White with a Christmas card. <laughs> as, as you do. So was it mounted in a in a shadow box of any sort, or was it? Like, I know he didn't just wrap up a, a dead bat. So it had. A, was it in a on a in a display case of any of any variety? <laughs> Um, no, we just wrapped it up and sent it. <laughs> In hindsight, I could have made it a little fancier, but it did come with this stand so it could hang upside down as bats do. Okay. 
<laughs> That's good. Because I'm, I'm just in my head, I'm picturing now you like wrapping the, the just the a dead bat onto your table, just <laughs> slowly wrapping it. Wrapping it in tissue. So basically you did a job where you wrapped up the dead animal and said, dead bat, do not eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I do have a, an extra fun story. So I had uh, just moved into this house in Ferndale with a, a roommate, um, somebody that Tobias introduced me to. And it was like over a holiday. It was over Thanksgiving weekend. And I had bought it from the store. You know, wasn't we weren't going to mail it for a couple of weeks. So I just put it somewhere in the house. But I didn't tell her about it. <laughs> and I just good. kept waiting <laughs> for her to say something. Like, this is just yeah. like maybe a month into, you know, living as roommates. Yeah, they were just getting to know each other. Just getting to know <laughs> yeah, each yeah. other. Um, <laughs> it was beautiful. And uh-huh. like it was kind of halfway between our kitchen and our living room on a bookshelf. And I would like position myself so that she would have to like, it would be in her eye line as we were talking. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and the whole weekend she said nothing. Yeah. And I'm telling Tobias, I'm like, she didn't say anything about it. Every day day was like nothing yet. Yeah, nothing yet. Like I was gonna wait as long as possible to see if she was ever gonna mention this bat I just brought into our house. It's in um, our Craigslist roommate profile. Is bat friendly? Exactly. (laughs) Like at a certain point, you really could have busted out like uh, like you could have started dressing as like Lydia from Beetlejuice (laughs) and really see how far you could push it before she was like, I think I'm done. It would have been a very interesting experiment but over it was about a week and she had people over and her friend immediately walked in and like what's yeah. the deal with the bat <laughs> and she's like no no no, don't say don't anything say i think my roommate's crazy <laughs> she told me she was never gonna say anything about it <laughs> she was not gonna mention it just live with this yeah. thing <laughs> man it would have been so good if you just kept upping the ante like starting to light <laughs> candles in front of the bat and then start- <laughs> yeah. little fruit shrine yeah. like buying some skulls putting them next to the bat yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put all my Jack White records around it. Playing lots of Harry Belafonte. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a that's a bizarre thing you did, and I'm uh, very happy about it, and I'm very excited about it, and I'm happy that seems Jack White appreciated it, right? I think so. We um, so I did get something from the Third Man people, but I don't know if it was directly from Jack, but uh, it was a little mysterious. So I got an email saying that, oh, you've got some money at the third man store or online uh, store credit, basically. But it was weird. It said the sender was costumer service. (laughs) (laughs) Third man records, costumer service, spelled costumer, not customer. Um, I, I looked at it several times to make sure I was not that crazy. And so I'm thinking, is this a scam? What is going on with this? So I take... You know, the email into the third man cast store and said, is this legit? You know, what's the deal with this? And they looked it up in their system and they said, this is from somewhere within the company. We can't tell you who, (laughs) but somebody (laughs) did send you some money from somewhere within the third man (laughs) company. And... You yeah. know, it's it's just funny enough to be on purpose. Right. Did you did you send the the Christmas card with the bat? So the yeah. the uh, okay. So maybe maybe it had to do with the costumes. Yes, it was not. Oh. An anon- it was not an anonymous 
Bat sending. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't thinking that, but I was thinking like maybe uh, it was a, a letter or something else with it. But yeah, if you sent the the costumed photo. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Well, on that note. Oh, is it time? I think it might be time. I saw some stuff in your yard. Are you going to give it to us? Oh, Meg, don't be rude. Or not. They might need it. Rag and Bone! So Rag and Bone is the segment wherein we talk about the very weird stuff we found whilst researching Jack White for this podcast. Yeah, all the little quirky, bizarre little moments that don't seem to fall in line with history or fun. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. A Rag and Bone for this week is courtesy of an interview by Triple J during the Blunderbuss era. And J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) And James, I know what Jack White's favorite animal is. Would you like to hazard a guess as to what Jack White's favorite animal is? Now think hard. God, yes, I want to answer this question. (laughs) I've lived to answer this question. Jack White's favorite animal, favorite animal, favorite animal. It's got to be an animal with at least three appendages. Whoa. Or not. I I can't confirm or deny. Okay. It's... It's possibly the three-toed sloth, but the three-toed sloth just, it's too dumb. It's too slow. Too slow for Jack. He's a fast-moving kind of guy. He's quick. He's got the quickness. Uh So I'm going to go with your uh, kid. No. (laughs) Ah, It's 
Dolphin. It's the dolphin, isn't it? He loves the dolphin. It's the famous three dolphin. <laughs> the dolphin with three heads. It's a hydra. Are you ready for the answer? An- Are you ready for the answer? Yes. I'm- it is the three-toed sloth. Oh, <laughs> oh no. But it's too slow. <laughs> you were right. It's too slow. You were right. Jack's got the quickness. He's got he the quickness. He's too speedy. <laughs> Uh, he hasn't seen the sun in a week. His skin is getting pale. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of makes sense. It's kind of a weird-looking animal. I want to meet whatever taxidermy three-toed sloth this man owns <laughs> because I know he owns one, and I want to—I want to know its name. Yes, you and me both. I had a, I had, I had a little something I wanted to get to today, and and I was hoping you'd come along with me on it. Now, if you weren't going to be too rude, now, give it to me. <laughs> this is our rag and bone. Rag and bone for those of you who don't know whenever we find something weird or bizarre in our research of jack white we put it in a segment called rag and bone which compiles all the crazy stuff we found so this week's rag and bone is i learned the name of the vulture that appears on jack's shoulder on the cover of blunderbuss james do you have james do you have any ideas as to what that name might be uh no i don't um i'm gonna have to go out on a limb let's go with priscilla it's not Priscilla. <laughs> Cupid. Uh, also not Cupid. Also not, if you were, I know uh, that look Cecil on your... Cecil the Lion. <laughs> the actual name of the vulture on the cover of Blunderbuss is... Cupcake. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's uh, right. Would, please tell me he owns this live. Please tell me it's, first of all, a live vulture. Uh, and please tell me he owns a live vulture named Cupcake. I cannot confirm that that is not taxidermied. So I couldn't tell you, but it is definitely named Cupcake. I'm going to have to say... I did know Jack is a big taxidermy fan. He does name all his taxidermy animals. He even got one from, what's it called, American Pickers. He got an elephant head from them. He talks about a pig that he has that he was with him during most of the recording, and he had it named. I forget what its name was, but Meg was saying that she doesn't really care for it. <laughs> she doesn't care for much for the taxidermy, but she's starting her own collection anyway. It's very funny. Final copy of the album to introduce Jack White. He holds up a vinyl copy of White Blood Cells from Sympathy, which was a novelty at the time to have something on vinyl. Mm. And introduces uh, the White Stripes. Our next guests are a, a wonderful rock and roll duo from the great city of Detroit. Their critically acclaimed album, I got a copy of it right here, is entitled White Blood Cells. Here they are, the White Stripes. Jack's up there with Meg. You can see the triple tremolo is on stage, as well as a big old taxidermy zebra, Paul. <laughs> Uh, which is not the last time we'll see a taxidermy zebra on a Jack White live performance. Not at all. Uh, He'll receive one in Minneapolis. 17 years later, yeah. So he performed uh, Fell in Love with a Girl with a little break in the middle to play Little Room. Mm. Ooh. good performance it's a really good showing of what the white stripes can do and uh yeah there's a lot of energy in it it's a really fast-paced version of fell in love with a girl that's awesome and little room certainly is the kind of weird interlude that probably late night could tolerate i don't think if he went into john the revelator i don't know how much (laughs) 
how much a late night would have loved that. Was but there any interaction or shouting from Paul Schaefer? Not to them, no. Okay. But definitely throughout the episode, Paul Schaefer certainly made his voice known. <laughs> <laughs> now, was there any couch action here, or was this purely no. stage stuff? Purely stage show, but the, uh, the you know they were able to deck the stage out with white stripes regalia. So That's that awesome. Nice. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. The White Stripes, folks. How you doing? It was great. Nice to have you with us. We'll be right back, everybody. For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at thirdmencast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. 
You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production, and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Hey everyone, Paul and James here to tell you about one of the best music podcasts online today. It's called Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast. Yeah, as longtime listeners of our show know, Take It Away and its hosts, Ryan Brady and Chris Mercer, are the authority on all things Paul McCartney, Wings, and the Beatles. Their five-star rated podcast walks you through every single Paul McCartney release from 1970 to present day. That's every song on every album, including singles, b-sides, bootlegs, and you will most likely hear songs you've never heard before, which is part of the fun of the show. You'll also hear old favorites from new perspectives, all lovingly placed in the context of McCartney's career and the musical sounds of their era. Yeah, and don't miss the amazing interview with Denny Lane, co-founder of Wings and McCartney songwriting collaborator, as well as a slew of other special guest appearances that give some really cool insight into the music that spans the last 50 years. So if you're a McCartney fan, you've found your new favorite show, because I know I have. Seriously, I never miss an episode and neither should you that's take it away the complete paul mccartney archive podcast available for download now wherever you find podcasts check it out now i'm paul kaminsky i'm james kaminsky and i'm wayne kaminsky and we bring you the kaminsky family of podcasts yesterday and today and the third men podcast you might know me from one of those dumb voices i do or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours (laughs) wow and we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the show's As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen, or you could head to society Six dot com slash Kaminsky family podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I family podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. Alright. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.